A reading from the first book of Samuel. David spoke to Saul, let your majesty not lose courage. I am at your service to go and fight this Philistine. But Saul answered David, you cannot go up against this Philistine and fight with him, for you are only a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. David continued, the Lord who delivered me from the claws of the lion and the bear will also keep me safe from the clutches of this Philistine. Saul answered David, go, the Lord will be with you. Then staff in hand, David selected five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's bag. With his sling also ready to hand, he approached the Philistine. With his shield bearer marching before him, the Philistine also advanced closer and closer to David. When he had sized David up and seen that he was youthful and ruddy and handsome in appearance, the Philistine held David in contempt. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come against me with a staff? Then the Philistine cursed David by his gods and said to him, Come here to me, and I will leave your flesh for the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David answered him, You come against me with sword and spear and scimitar, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, that you have insulted. Today the Lord shall deliver you into my hand. <clears throat> I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will leave your corpse and the corpses of the Philistine army for the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Thus the whole land shall learn that Israel has a God. All this multitude, too, shall learn that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he shall deliver you into our hands. The Philistine then moved to meet David at close quarters, while David ran quickly toward the battle line in the direction of the Philistine. David put his hand into the bag and took out a stone, hurled it with the sling, and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone embedded itself in his brow, and he fell prostrate on the ground. Thus David overcame the Philistine with sling and stone. He struck the Philistine mortally and did it without a sword. Then David ran and stood over him. With the Philistine's own sword, which he drew from its sheath, he dispatched him and cut off his head. Verbum Domini. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for battle, my fingers for war. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, my refuge and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield in whom I trust, who subdues my people under me. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. O God, I will sing a new song to you 
with a ten-stringed lyre, I will chant your praise. You who give victory to kings and deliver David, your servant, from the evil sword. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Dominus Vobiscum, Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Marcum, Gloria Tibi Jesus entered the synagogue. There was a man there who had a withered hand. They watched Jesus closely to see if he would cure him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, come up here before us. Then he said to the Pharisees, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? But they remained silent looking around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart, Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out immediately and took counsel with the Herodians against him to put him to death. Verbum Domini In our spiritual lives, we will have many battles. There is spiritual warfare. Jesus tells us of the devil that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil never plays fair. No, he looks for our vulnerabilities. He comes and tries to seek out our weaknesses so that he can prey upon them. His objective is to take us away from God, to kill our souls, to just destroy us completely. But today we learn of two holy men, 
one in the Old Testament and one holy saint who had battles of their own. But they trusted in the Lord and they prevailed. And so they teach us how to trust in God, how to give our battles over to the Lord, and how to be victorious. Here in this book of Samuel, we see David going up against a giant, Goliath. And he wins the battle. But how does he win the battle? And what we learn from him is as a way we too can be victorious in our own spiritual battles or in the challenges that we face in our lives. So David, who is already known or who himself is a man after God's own heart, meaning that he looks to God first, that God is his everything and all, and that all he desires and wants to do is to please the Lord. So first of all, you know, he sees that this giant needs to be conquered. You know, there's like a, there's a contest here. It says, who will go up against this Philistine, Goliath? And David is ready to step up. But first of all, he goes to Saul. He says, hey, take courage. You know, he goes to Saul and asks if he could be the one to face the giant in battle. See, right there, David is under subjection or under the rule of Saul. And so he, you know, in obedience, in respect, he asks him if he can do that. And, of course, Saul, you know, trying to put some, some wisdom, some, you know, warning him. It says, like, hey, look at here, David. This, this giant here, Goliath, you know, he's been a battle. He, he, I mean, he's been a warrior, a soldier since his youth. And now he's old and he's skilled and seasoned in battle. And you're going up against him. You're just a, a youth. You're just a kid. And immediately... You know, it's still under obedience. He says, okay, yeah, you know, that's what I am. But he tells him that, that, that he's, he's a child of God, that, he's, that he belongs to God, and that God has delivered him before from, from the, the lion and the bear. So Saul says, okay, hey, the Lord will be with you. Go, go ahead. And then there he is. There's the... There's the giant there. You know, and the giant says, oh, who are you? You know, that he's going to, to kill him, to slay him, and leave him for the wild beast. David says, he says, you come to me with sword and skipter, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God. And there, as he goes forward, you know, trusting, believing in God, you know, have been confident in the Lord and in his power. It says that, that the battle does not belong to him, but it, the battle belongs to the Lord. So here, David, 
He's obedient. Okay, he keeps himself in line, keeps himself ordered, structured there. Then he, he, he in, in trusting God to win this battle for him, he, he knows that God has delivered him before. He can look back in his life and see, well, all the many times the Lord saved him, particularly from the bear and the lion. So, you see, he doesn't lose hope or he doesn't fear because he knows that God, who did a great work for him before, will do it again. See, in that, that is how we start off in trusting the Lord. We have to keep ourselves ordered. Now, when there is a great spiritual battle that comes upon us, you know, we could, we could cave into fear we can start to worry ourselves and, and, and let ourselves become anxious. Or we can look to the Lord immediately. We can keep ourselves ordered in obedience with the word of God, with the teachings of the church. No, or, and, and then, you know, we, we, there we can also then look, look to David. Look to David's example. He knows that God has done a great work for him before. So he looks in the past. Okay, God did it. He will do it again. That's what we need to see ourselves. God has done a great work in your life many times, and he will do it again. Sometimes it's, it's, it's a more intense battle. You know, it's, it's the, the, the trial is more severe. But this is so that God can increase our faith so that we could become more dependent on him. And yes, this is a suffering this, this is a purgation, but if we cooperate with God, staying in order, then, you know, then we, we, we grow in virtue, no, particularly in love, because we stay fixed on God. We stay steadfast in Him, trusting in Him. And then, you know, once we know that, that we, we, we're, we're there like that, and hey, the battle really does belong to God. And he will work something good out of this. That's how it is done. And, you know, we, we see this here in the saint that we celebrate today, St. Anthony Abbott. Here, St. Anthony Abbott, you know, he, his, uh, his parent, he lived about the year 251, was born in the year 251, died about 356 A.D., and, you know, as a man, he, of course, had some, some means, some wealth. You know, his parents passed. Uh, he had a sister that, to take care of. And one day, he was going to church, thinking about holy things. You know, and then in the Word of God that was being, that was being preached, he heard Matthew chapter 19. And that immediately struck his heart, the Word of God. He says, if you wish to be perfect, go and sell everything you have and come and follow me. So then he responded to it. He says, okay, you know, I will sell everything I have, give it over. You know, I will take care of my, my what about my sister? Well, you know, the, it, once he's taken this step of faith, he's already said yes to the Lord. Then he's inspired by God. He says, well, th there are some virgins there in, in a nearby convent. That could take care of her. Goes and asks, oh yeah, we'll take her in. You no, know, leaves her some money. 
Then he's off serving God. Of course, there's still a little worry there. You know, he still has kept a little bit of his possessions, but then the Lord calls him to trust him even further. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. And I was thinking about the words of Jesus, tomorrow will take care of itself. So then, okay, gives it all to God. Then he goes out into the desert and prays, lives an ascetical life, a life of austerity. And always in prayer, well, he would be met with many spiritual battles, interior battles. He would come often face to face with the devil himself. And many times the devil would beat him up. No, and, and so sometimes he would even question God, what's going on here, you know? <laughs> but, you see, though he was in these battles, though he was being tested and tried, though he was, uh, was, was, uh, was suffering in, through these things, his faith was growing. His love for God and neighbor was growing because he remained steadfast. He kept to the word of God looking to the Lord. And so as, as, as this went, time went on, you know, people came to him for wisdom, for advice, you know, even for healing, for miracles. It's a very holy man of God. And so this is what, what we can take away. Now, last night, a friend of mine called me, told me about another friend. And I was, uh, I was so proud of him. His name is uh, David. His, his daughter, like, immediately went into a coma they took, they took her to the hospital, found out that she's cancer all over his body. And my friend, you know, of course, saddened, heartbroken that his, that his daughter's sick. Now, what does he do? Does he, does he give in? You know, he, he went immediately to the Lord, to prayer. In his sadness, gave it to God and prayed continually and continually. And yeah, though, though it hurt, though, you know, it, it, it's, it's, he's very down by this, but yet he's trusting God. And in this, in this trust, he has peace. He knows that the Lord will do something good out of this. And he's accepted this cross. Of course, he's praying for a miracle, but so brothers and sisters, it's all spelled out right here. Now the, that these, these battles that we face in life, these sufferings, the sufferings of this present life not worthy compared to the glory that is to be revealed. These battles we have, you know, we learn how here how to fight them. You know, that, that, you know, sometimes we, in, in the battle we can get kind of caught up in, in the people you know, or blaming and this and that. Remember, the devil's accuser of the brethren. Well, the devil is, 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 is up to, to no good. That's why St. Paul tells us is that the, the battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, St. Paul tells us in another place that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God through the pulling down of strongholds. And what are these weapons? He's speaking figuratively here is what I just said. Obedience, being ordered, looking to the word of God, striving for holiness, trusting the Lord knowing that he will provide. And so just like St. Anthony Abbott, who was, who was beaten up by the devil, but yet he was not crushed, yet his faith, his love for the Lord only grew stronger, and result of that, 
had a very powerful and fruitful life. And so the Lord will do the same for us. But it begins by looking to him, trusting him, and knowing that he will always bring good out of everything we face. God bless you all.